Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Nerd Continuity. It's Alex here, your host, and today I'm not gonna be the only one talking into the microphone, but I have an amazing guest, an amazing human being that I met in this magical world called the internet. And his story can relate a lot to my story and we share a lot and it's, it's great. I can't wait to you to hear his story. So let me shut up and let's start introducing Michael. Hello, Michael. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Good. Pretty good. How are you? Doing okay. Doing yeah. good. Thank you for being here. That's great. I'm so excited. Awesome. So yeah. before starting, I want to just do a quick introduction. Like a bunch of users asked me, like after knowing that I was starting the, this is also for you, Michael. So mm -hmm. I was starting to do this podcast that asked me, why don't you interview like the lead developer of WordPress or the CEO of this startup or others like these high-end figures in the industries? And I was like, no, because yeah, that could be interesting but it's something that is so detached from the usual lifestyle that everyone has from your uh, normal day that I prefer to talk with people that I can relate to. So I can share the same experience and I can learn something that I can apply to a day-by-day -day life and not like, oh, I earn $2 million last year because I created this infinite battery that works on peanut butter. And so like this stuff, I cannot relate to this stuff, right? <laughs> well, I just have to say, when we both become millionaires, you will have to stop the podcast. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I just destroy yeah. my user base. But anyway, okay. <laughs> so you can start. Like, uh, introduce yourself to the these users that they don't know you. Sure. Uh, my name is Michael Dambold. I live in Tulsa. Uh, I am a web developer at an IT company. Um, love it. Love the people. Um, I have been That's in... for them, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. I love you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been working as a web developer for, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe five or six years now and started out as a print designer and uh, originally went to college for uh, who knows how much. I've changed my major so many times. Uh, finally decided on graphic design and then when I got out, graphic design died and decided to go into web development and web design. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I am right now. And uh, I do a lot of illustration on the side, a lot of graphic design, you know, just fun stuff for personal projects. And uh, a lot of illustration too. I mean, I have some personal illustration projects that yeah. I've been doing. They're um, awesome, you know. and we're gonna talk oh, about thank it you. later. Hey, you're pretty good at yourself. So. Ah, yeah. <laughs> well, so you you started as a graphic designer, like mm -hmm. illustrator. Why you decided to switch, and when that happened? Well, I graduated in 2007, and in 2008, like late 2007. Uh, in 2008, uh, the market crashed, and that was when we had our kind of recession. Uh, locally, in the place where I was living in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana at the time, and all of my clients just said, we don't have time for illustration. We're terrified of the market. We're terrified of the economy. Some of them flat out told me we're terrified of, well, I'm not going to say that. Um, they were terrified of the current political climate. And yes. so what, what that caused them to do was to pull in all of their assets and really focus on the core um I guess focus of their companies, which did not include graphic design because graphic design was not well thought of down in that area. Yeah. So it was always kind of like, a, well, my brother or cousin or somebody with word, some you know, with word, could do it. 
so yeah, the usual uh, experience of cousin because my cousin knows exactly. how to do this banner, yeah so. exactly well and in 2007 the aquient survey said that the median income for graphic designers was about 45 to fifty thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. uh in 2008 that dropped to 35 so it was it was an enormous drop and now it's completely dropped off the map essentially yeah. uh, nobody's really a graphic designer anymore you know, there are so many online things like Fiverr that can give you a logo in five minutes. Um, and most people are very happy with that. And so print design basically died. Um, but at that time, when I got out of college, I was the uh, I started out as a graphic designer for a, a magazine called The Acadian. And then I was uh, promoted to layout editor. So I was doing a lot of layout for the Acadian magazine, uh, a lot of rebranding and that kind of thing. So I was able to stay in print for a little bit, but I also had to supplement that with more uh, more clientele in terms of graphic design, creating logos and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And I just I was talking with my friend, Mary Schamberger, who uh, was a college friend. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, she's a web developer now. We both decided in 2008 that print was dying. I mean, yeah. graphic design as we saw it as an industry was dying. And however, uh, web design in 2007 was doing okay, but in 2008, it shot up. I mean, just the numbers were astounding. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're still growing. And so we both decided, we had a Skype conversation one night and we said, we really need to stop doing uh, print design. We really need to move into web design. Oh, wow. So uh, she actually went back to school, got a second degree, and decided to be all fancy about it. And, uh, <laughs> I decided fancy to be people that they can right. afford to study. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I just I, I messed with her about that. But she, I mean, she's <laughs> she's brilliant. She's really good. Um, and she's also an illustrator too. And uh, so I I self taught, and uh, so I ended up I moved up to Tulsa and got a job at a uh, newspaper here uh, as a web designer and uh, worked there for about three and a half years and uh, decided after a while that really the print industry was was something I would like to do just not as a web designer yeah. because it, it's in a very unusual state right now um, print design is is trying to figure out where it's supposed to be yeah. In terms of digital, the digital age and iPads and that kind of thing, and yeah. you have people who are either completely rejecting it and you know getting all curmudgeony about, <laughs> you know, I like holding it in my hands and I like flipping pages, and uh, I can't tell I've had over like two or three dozen people, and I like that too, but I don't believe that's the only way that it, it's going. We've already moved far beyond that. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And, it's, and if so, you, if you know, like, if you remember when the iPad and it started, like. The first ebooks, everyone was yeah. like, oh, like normal books, like paper books are dead, like libraries are gonna be empty, just database. Not. <laughs> it's not just no, like yeah. 10 years after, we still have a lot of books and we still like consume a lot of paper books because it's like. Yeah. So. Well, and we're running into an issue of, you know, there was uh, some people have been kind of like whispers in the dark of our mm -hmm. current digital dark age that we don't back anything up and we're not backwards compatible uh, with yes. a lot of older technology. So information is actually being lost and that is a that is a big problem. Um, so always back up your stuff, always make hard copies, print it out because we still, the thing is we don't have an EM shield against solar flares yes. and just because we haven't had one doesn't mean we're not going to have one. So if we had, let's say like a giant, uh, you know, solar flare appears 
and you know decides to just destroy our databases um your facebook page is gone as well as everything that you've done for the last i don't know five six seven years ten years maybe (laughs) i think it's been ten years also like Um, all your pictures or data backed up on these high cloud or these other like cloud platforms they put it on cd put it on something that cannot be necessarily easily destroyed by high for you know electromagnetic fluxes and uh and em storms and so anyway i just segueing but everything's in flux right now but the one thing that's not in flux is web design everybody needs a website and everybody needs web development and that's indeed that's dealing with web systems because even if a solar storm honestly if a solar solar storm hits we'll be in more demand than we were before because they'll want us to rebuild databases rebuild uh, systems rebuild frameworks, you know that kind of thing. So we're we're pretty much good unless a meteor hits and turns us all into the dark uh, age. But to that point, <laughs> hopefully not. So, yeah. Let's so, not do that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. So there was a specific point in your life when you realized, like, you actually always liked web design and web development, or yeah. you it was like a logical path, like I should do this, and then you started liking it after a while, or it was always. Oh my god, I love this field. I love like coding and doing websites. It was always there for me. I mean, back in 1998, I was uh, creating the very basic early websites. Uh, nice. you know, that looked so bad. I'm so glad no one ever saw it. But I think we all have those. Uh, oh, yeah. It was a part of, you know, computers and technology was always a part of my life. And it just wasn't a focus until 2008. Mm-hmm. And then I began to realize how easy it was. <laughs> because, and I, I mean, compared, I mean, compared to, you know, C sharp and C plus and oh god, <laughs> you know that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, HTML is actually really easy um, because it's pre- and the reason why it's so easy is because it's straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, you tell it to do something and it's going to do it. Um, you know, and debugging really is an issue of you know the, I guess, the tone or mood of the browser that you're yeah. dealing with. Um, that's really all that troubleshooting comes down to, and uh, and if you deal with code written by somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, <laughs> which which happens to us all, all the time. <laughs> just, you know, it's like opening a Photoshop file and realizing that they have a hundred layers and none of them are named, yeah. and then they're all random like subfolder groups, and you just that's want great. to basically kill this person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's it was always just kind of in the background and something mm-hmm. I would do for fun, and then I realized I could actually make. Uh, because at that point, I was also making, uh, when I started moving in that direction, I started making uh, WordPress websites and started yeah. dealing with WordPress. And uh, and WordPress was a lot more difficult to deal with okay. when I was younger. <laughs> Back 10 years ago, WordPress was not what it is today. Um, not anywhere near as user-friendly. And uh, so it was a headache. But uh, now most of what I do is WordPress-related and PHP-related. So... Um, it's always good. Just keep, you know, that's kind of like the whole, the, the axiom of, you know, do what you love, yes. even if you're doing it on the side, because yes. that may end up being something that you can use in the future, you yeah, know, exactly. even though it doesn't look like it now. So, yeah, if yeah. you keep developing your skills, sooner or later, they're going to be useful to like create an actual income <laughs> and like, yeah, exactly. rent, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So you mostly use WordPress and you code in PHP. There are other technologies that you usually work or you start like you keep studying and you experimenting uh, with other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Most of what I do 
uh, right now was with responsive, uh, responsive design and parallax. Yeah. Uh, I have several parallax projects that I'm working on, uh, which for you guys that don't know, it uses parallax.js. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh gosh, you're gonna have to cut that out. I'm so sorry. Um, what? Did you burp? <laughs> did. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Um, it's part of the. It's part of the being <laughs> a developer, right? <laughs> so fancy. Uh, that's, I'm not um, gonna cut this out. I'm oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> well, great. Sorry, guys. I swear, I'm the devil. Anyway, so mm -hmm. what Parallax uses, it's Parallax.js, and it's a JavaScript file that basically uh, takes several divs that you create and moves them at different uh, different scroll speeds whenever you scroll down the page. So it looks like some divs are in front of others, and it kind of overlaps them a little bit. Mm -hmm. So it looks like you're actually kind of scrolling through a multi-layered document, uh, while on, which is processed through the browser. So um, I, for Tulsa World, I had several special projects that dealt with uh, local celebrities, um, local events, past events, that kind of thing. Uh, nice. You know, uh, race riots, uh, local televangelist, um, uh, Woody Guthrie, who was a famous country music star. Just random, random people that had affected Tulsa in one way or another. And uh, we had special projects for them, and I would, I would do that using Parallax. And uh, so now that I'm not working there anymore, I'm still using Parallax just for personal problems. And, uh, you know, just the whole point, I think, for me right now is trying to find something that a lot of people are not doing and make something fun out of it. Oh, <laughs> yes, know? absolutely. Kind of, kind of experiment. So. The problem with web experimentation is that it may not always be used and people may go from, you know, it's like creating a mobile site. You know, there was the mobile sites versus responsive, you know, yeah. several years ago and responsive one. Yeah. And it's... It's always it's always going to be the VHS versus Betamax and oh you know, yeah, it's, it's always a shot in the dark. You have to yeah. like to try. Yeah. Let's try this way. I don't yeah. know if it's going to work. I have or so not. many Betamax tapes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at yeah. least you, you know, I mean, even if it doesn't work out, at least you have that experience of working oh, on yes. that. It always part of your history and your skill baggage. Like you, you still improve yourself, even if you try something that is not gonna be like the most amazing technology that everyone is gonna use. At least you have more skills in something, and it helps you. Even if the topic is completely different, having those kind of skills helps you improve whatever you're gonna do next. Yeah, totally agree. Awesome, that's great. So. Um, <laughs> How do you usually like, what's your day normally? And when do you have time, if you have time like to update your skill or follow tutorials, workshop or whatever? Like what's your day like? Yeah. A lot of, well, a, a normal work day, uh, I don't want to give out too much. Um, <laughs> after, let's say that after my, after my day job, um, yeah. I usually come home and I, I basically have a running list of skills that I need to update um, because I was self-taught that I know that there are holes. And so I'm constantly, I'm going through lynda.com, Free Code Academy, anything I can get my hands on to try and fill in any holes that I have with any kind of code. Um, because some people who are self-taught will learn one thing and then they'll say, I'm finished, it's over, and I'm good. And that's really the worst thing you can do, especially with code because it's constantly updating itself. It's like someone learning responsive. It's like someone using Bootstrap 2 yeah. and then saying, I'm done. But then Bootstrap 3 comes out. It has an entirely different syntax. 
and they're still trying to build everything in Bootstrap 2. It's going to work, but it's going to look very dated. Yeah. And people who are looking at you, who know what they're doing, are going to judge you so harshly. <laughs> so, yes, exactly. So, it happens uh, all the time. Yeah, and I mean, we do it. <laughs> so yeah, we absolutely. look at other people's code and go, what Why year not? is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've looked at some people's websites and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this from GeoCities? Like 1998? <laughs> Hello. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's always it's always important. Like, I, I don't know, for me, it's constantly running and trying to update. And I'm always on Smashing Magazine, uh, mm-hmm. Web Designer Depot, Web Design Ledger, um, you know, I've subscribed to several news sites. You know, anything new that comes out, yeah. I will try and uh, try to figure out if it's relevant, if it's something useful, um, if it's a fluff thing. You know, the, sometimes there are some code uh, workarounds that I believe, I personally, when I read them, believe to be a little extraneous, a little too much, um, yeah. a little too. Uh, in Louisiana, they would call it lanyap, which is. Uh, a Cajun dis- destruction of a French word, which means just a little extra. Yeah. Um, there's good lanyap and there's bad. Okay. And if you have, I think if the code that is released is going to cause you more work and cause you more time on a project, yeah. then I don't think it's useful. But I always look for shortcuts, anything to make it run faster. You know, someone asked me, you know, what is, what is more important to you? Um, having something work or having something, you know, be perfect. And I said, ah, well, from being in the publishing industry for so long, it, if you have a deadline, you have a deadline. Yes. And a deadline exactly. is a deadline is a deadline. And if you're late, then that's it. You know, because in the news and print industry, if you're if you're late for a deadline, they start caught you start losing tens of thousands of dollars. Yes, exactly. For almost for every, sometimes for every hour that you lose. Mm-hmm. And I just I've been in it so long that Really, it's doing the best you can with what you have, and even, as long as it gets the main points done and it works well, and you leave room for improvement, yeah. I consider that a success. And I think most people who've been, I, I, you, you may agree, I think most of us who have been in the industry long enough mm-hmm. will agree that okay, make it work first, <laughs> function oh, first. Oh yes, absolutely. Like you know, deadline um, is the most important thing. Then there's always room for improvement and. Like you said, never being satisfied, like never being okay. That this is this is working and it's fine. Like I know some people that I don't like to work with that they use the same JavaScript codes that they used to use like five years ago, just oh because gosh. it works. And I'm yeah. like, yes, it works, and it saves you like probably 20 minutes of doing a small research and see if there's an update. But then it caused us five hours of debugging because yes. it's not working with a lot of other different technologies yeah. and it's just insane yeah so, i agree i actually agree with that i think if you're if you're trying to save money and that's the balance because if you're trying exactly. to save money and time by getting a bad like a badge well, i guess you could call it a bad shortcut yeah. where well it saves us an hour well yeah it saves us an hour now but i've gone through projects where i've picked it up from somebody else and it may have saved them an hour, but it's costing me eight hours. Exactly. Because it's so fundamentally ingrained within the website that I have to pull it out. It's like pulling a string out of a quilt, you know, or out of a blanket. And if you pull that string, the whole thing begins to fall apart. Oh my so you God. have to patch everything. I mean, you know, I think we've all had those disasters where, oh, yes. you know, somebody <laughs> was, was probably on meth or something that was building the site. Constantly and, on meth. You know, yeah. <laughs> you could, Why not? Yeah. 
meth website builders are the worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just it's you know try to shortcut as much as you can without sacrificing like future future time. You know, it's, you know, for instance, like uh, creating a form on a website. You know, if you're creating a form and they want it to look incredibly fancy and it's going to take you an extra hour. Yeah. You know, then you can explain to the client, why don't we get it running first? And then after launch, we'll do this as phase two. We'll go back and we'll add all of the CSS and all the other functionality and all the animated yeah. GIFs of kitty cats that you want, you know, because um, that's always that's always superfluous. That's always extra stuff that you can do later. But the whole point is, if they've got a website launch, you know, like, I don't know, next Friday. <laughs> you need to just make sure that people can sign up for their newsletter or people can exactly. sign up for their their constant contact form or you know whatever is being used yeah, at the time works and, and it usable. works yeah because yeah. I would rather spend four hours on usability testing yes. uh, user interface usability testing and I mean user experience I would prefer to test on that with a minimum and have it work yeah. than to make everything look fancy and destroy the UI and the UX yes because that that is, those are unacceptable losses, I think, to all of us. Um, if if you have something that look nice that looks nice and can't work, it's a failure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. So because the client like, will come back to you. So. Oh no. So what? Like, we're talking a lot about UI, UX, and uh, optimization, debugging, all this stuff. But yeah. probably uh, some users, especially because like the target of this uh, podcast and my tutorials for beginners. So mm -hmm. what, what kind of suggestion would you like to give to a beginner's developer on all those matters like UI, UX, and your the personal ability to just keep pushing and keep updating yourself yeah. and never being satisfied? What yeah. would you like to say to, or maybe to yourself like 10 years ago? <laughs> 10 what years would you ago. like to say? Like, slapping oh, yeah. slapping myself in the face. And... Oh, yeah. I think we <laughs> all would. I'll go back 10 years ago and be like, there's some decisions you are going to make that will be really horrible. Don't yeah. make <laughs> But, you know, um, uh, well, for, for, be for beginners, learn why things work. That, to me, is the most important. That is how I learn. That is how I've always learned. And I am not satisfied. And I get upset when someone tells me to just do it this way because just do it you know yes. uh, not do it uh, because it's always I'm trying like to, that right right and I'm I'm the kind of person that needs to know why something happens the way yes. it does why does HTML work the way it, that it works uh, why is CSS important to HTML um, why does WordPress work the way it does why because here the thing is if you're going to become a solid developer you need to understand why things work because you know it's like graphic design you need to understand why comic sans is a horrible font <laughs> and, you know you need why, to understand why everyone picks always comic sans i don't understand yeah <laughs> you know, so yeah. oh my god oh, oh <laughs> you know like just a little bit like a digression my my main goal as a web designer is making a website that looks good in comic sense. That would be like a major success. That would be a miracle. That would be like, yeah, some sort of a miracle. It's like, yeah, wow. But anyway, keep, keep going, sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's really, it's a combination. Learn the basics, 
learn, you know, get a solid foundation. The thing is, you can your skyscraper, the skyscraper of your career, the skyscraper of your career can only go as high as the foundation will allow it to go. If you do not have a strong foundation on the basics, and this is not just uh, the basics of code, but it's the basics of design. Um, it's the elements and principles of design. If you do not have a strong understanding of that, you will only be able to go so far because they never change. No matter how high you get, you know, if you're working for multi-million dollar clients, those principles, the elements and principles of design, as well as the fundamentals of code and how they work, will not change. Um, get those first. Get the fundamentals of HTML. Get the fundamentals of CSS. Uh, build the foundation of your skyscraper. Uh, because a lot of times, you know, you hear in the news that the foundation of a, of a skyscraper was cracked or there were, you know, it was weak. It wasn't as strong as it should have been. The skyscraper will collapse. And our careers are the same way, you know, um, always and, and never stop growing that foundation, like never oh, yes. stop working on, you know, I always go back every once in a while and I will just refresh myself on HTML and CSS and on the elements and principles of design. I'll do like little, um, I'll create little uh, tests for myself, you know, or, or little um, exercises, you know, uh -huh. because you have to, it's like football too. You have to go back to the basics, you know, oh, any, yes, any kind absolutely. of, any sport you play, you have to go. If, if you're doing something wrong and things aren't working, go back to the basics and figure out why. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's the same thing with with music and with anything you do. You know, if if something's off and you're not sure why, go back to the basics and review them, and then it might become a little clearer. Because we've all done that. I mean, it, this is not me telling you that you know any of us are perfect this is yeah, no, absolutely. you know we all have those days where we're like why isn't this working you yes. go back to the basics and realize oh that's why <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that doesn't change you know um so, the, so like the main reason like at the basics that you're suggesting like don't be lazy basically <laughs> like don't be, yeah. never be lazy i i just i've seen people in design uh, in, in graphic design and in web design start from a point and then build only on that point yes and it's that is so dangerous you will always be walking on a razor's edge uh some new thing could come in and completely nullify what you're doing if you specify in just one thing um that's why the foundation is so important because uh for instance you know that i've known people who have not gone to college or gone to school or have had any formal training in design and all they do is mimic the current styles of design out there, yes. uh, which right now is probably the easiest that it's ever been because it's a giant photograph and white text over it. Yes. And I have problems with that because it's been it's being misused. When it's good, yes. it's good, and you know a designer is working on it. But when it's bad, it's 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 noticeable. We all know it, and we all see it. <laughs> and uh, and it's just it's a harsh. I mean, the thing is, design is harsh. It is you either sink or swim, and uh, you know, out of the, my design teacher told me that, um, and then told the entire class, there were 30 of us in this class. And he said, only 5% of you will get jobs out of this entire class. He said, if that, and, uh, and he said, and I'm not talking about here. I'm not talking about Lafayette. He said, I'm just talking, he's saying in general, it is competitive and it is, it is rough. Yes. And for you to have a career, you need to be good. And but really what it comes down to is just being, it's like what you said. Yeah. I mean, don't be lazy. Just be diligent about building that foundation. I mean, don't, I, I never stress 
overworking or performance. I, I overwork myself, but um, I never recommend, you know, don't sacrifice your personal life, you know, for this. Um, but also don't, don't ignore it. You know? Yeah, it has to be uh, like a, a constant a part of your life. It has to be like yeah. merged in yeah. your daily life. It doesn't have to be something external that yeah. you do once in a while just because it's your job but you don't like right. it. It has to be part of your life. Right, and yeah, it'll, that... get, you know, it'll get to a point, and I'm not trying to scare anybody, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's, it is a serious thing. And yeah. the thing is, though, once you get the foundation things become so much easier oh, yes. because all of a sudden that foundation provides a compass for you for good and bad design. And you will be able to look at, at a design and say, no, that's not good. Mm -hmm. And you'll be able to tell people why it looks, why it isn't good because you can say the balance is off this, you know, I, every, through my career, several times people have sent me things and say, and have said, I don't like this and I don't know why. And, and I'm able to, you know, and you're able to sit down and, you'll be able to explain to them why they don't like it yes. because design works on our human our brains are wired a specific way that we are uh, our brains are wired to determine hierarchy yeah and design is all about hierarchy it's about telling the person what is the most important thing about a certain product or a group of products yes. and you know if websites websites most importantly if they don't follow hierarchy they're going to confuse you and you have maybe a, a half a second to convince someone to stay on your website. And if they don't like it, then they go. And um, so as long as you follow the elements and principles of design, I mean, you're going to have some solid work. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not like this. there's no mysterious anything about it. I mean, yeah. it's all, you the know, there's the ingredient. Yeah, there's there, there, no like, secret Why ingredient. don't you tell me your secret as a web designer? Right, right. No secret. And <laughs> secret is there are no secrets. Everybody follows the same rules. And that's the thing. The more you follow the rules, the better off it is for you. And yes. that, that will sustain you throughout your entire career. And a lot of people think that it's, you know, some secret, you know, uh, monks high in the Cochis Mountains, you know, guarding these <laughs> these treasure troves. And I just made a Homestar Runner reference. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, it's just like this closely guarded secret of Davy Jones's locker yeah. that you have to travel to Atlantis to find. And it's not. It's just everybody doing it's the client's request being addressed through the elements and principles of design and using proper code. And that's really what it comes down to. Uh, it's, it's, and that's never going to change. And that's yeah, the yeah. that's like relieving thing is that the thing is, once you learn this, once you learn the basics of design, that will never change, mm -hmm. ever, ever for yeah, the rest of your. That's great. That's a good point. That uh, it, it's amazing. Like focus on the basics. A lot of users they ask me like uh, during the tutorials that I'm starting from the basics, like. Uh, what do you think about like the Genesis framework or if I start, I don't know PHP, but if I start using CodeIgniter framework or Laravel framework, do you think it's fine? It's fine. And I, oh, every time I say, no, you should start from the basics because yeah, even if always. you have a framework that uh, speeds up a lot your process and it gives you the ability to build a website in two days instead of one month, but you don't know the basics, you're going to be stuck in the loop. And as soon as you try to do something a little bit outside of the box, it's going to be like madness because you, you don't know where yeah. to put your hands. Right. And there's no compass. Like, it's exactly. like the same people who are designing ads that have never had any formal training and they're just doing what they see. 
Exactly. Well, that, that, that's nice, but that's not going to make you an actual designer. Yes. And to be honest, most of the design community will not consider you a designer. And I know this is all heavy stuff. And I know some, I, please don't, you know, if you're listening to this, please don't get freaked out. But I mean, once you enter the professional world, like, and you got to fight, <laughs> you know, yeah, you have and, to fight. Um, and I'm talking from someone who has been, you know, able to fight and, um, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say it's all fancy sugar plums and fairies and Oz and, you know, um, and cute little anime girls that are going to come out of nowhere and give you a secret <laughs> formula. It's just simply that just, would be awesome, the, yeah, that would be, uh, it's, it's just simply, it really just is, is following the rules and working hard. Um, because this is, these are not industries that will reward laziness. Exactly. And, um, I think to all of our degrees, there's stuff that we all need to work on, of you know, response time and, and that kind of thing. And, yeah. um, you know, we all have, we all have those issues, but that's okay because we're all working on it. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's rough, but it's also exhilarating because once you have a, a, a completed successful product, not say successful for some reason mm -hmm. uh once once you have a success and the client's happy and it, it's working and their yeah. seo is doing great and like you know i mean the rewards are so worth it because oh, yes. it, you know you work hard on it you work fast and the thing is it, it's me and people have asked me to you know um how, how do you get so fast at this and same thing for art i've heard this with concept artists i've heard this with musicians i've heard this all across the board Mm -hmm. Don't focus on becoming fast. Focus on becoming good. Exactly. You know, get good. Don't get fast. You know, um, because as you keep doing it, you'll get, you'll get faster and faster. You know, keep doing it over and over again, and you'll be and eventually you'll realize that you're doing it maybe half the time or a third of the time. Mm -hmm. But it just it just comes. It's like playing a computer game. For instance, we all played Mario Super Mario World as kids, right? Or any Super Mario game. Can you imagine how slow we were the first time we played it through? Oh yes, jumping because, on the same spot for yeah, like 20 like, minutes, trying to understand the <laughs> buttons. <laughs> dying so many times, oh, we're starting yes. the game. Um, but now, as adults, it's been so many years and we've played it probably however many times, we can just fly through those levels because we're like, yeah. oh yeah, I know that's happening, I know that's coming, I know this is going to happen. Yeah. And um, it become, we can almost do a blindfolder. Mm -hmm. And that is how design works yeah, and that's, that's how right. web design works is that you know that's right um even with new obstacles even if we were able to to have all new levels of those games we would still do pretty well yes because, because the basics and the engine at the bottom is the mm -hmm. same same goombas yeah. same turtle shell back you know same koopas same same everything same mario that, that's how it works it's just yeah. you know a new level but everything is the same you can always expect something to act a certain way you know unless like the game glitches and you know oh, yes looks so <laughs> developers of those games say okay let's make something impossible yeah exactly yeah <laughs> and then it's gotten to the point where some people even make uh music out of those uh game levels oh, where they nice. do like you see it on youtube where they do these crazy crazy amazing things but that's because they know exactly what does what and mm -hmm. and the timing of everything and that's actually incredibly analogous to web design. You see these amazing websites out there that it just blows your mind. And, and you're just like, how do they do that? Well, it's because they know the basics and fundamentals so well that they can cheat it. Yeah, and then they can, they can cheat the browsers and they can cheat things to make them look completely crazy. Yeah. And, um, and uh, so basically, if you're a new developer and you're looking at this, 
basically what you're seeing out there right now are advanced techniques and tricks based on people who know how the system works and who know how the rules work. So the goal is to understand that to get to that level, you need to understand the basics and have a solid understanding. Um, because it's from there, because he, as you're going through the basics, you're going to realize, oh wait, I can do this. Oh wait, I can do this. And you start getting ideas as you learn the fundamentals and as you learn the basics. And that's so an amazing advice. That's that's the yeah. best. Where were you 10 years ago? <laughs> Why do you do Can you Where like invent a time ago? machine, call yeah. me back in Italy 10 years ago and say, hey, dude, you should do this. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I mean, I've learned this too. I mean, this is just stuff that you kind of learn. And I, yeah, I don't exactly. believe information should be held back from people. I really hate that idea. Oh, um, yes. exactly. You know, I, I understand. Yeah, I understand like paying for tutorials and, and, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, but I, I think if any way you can help other people, you know, it's just basics, basics, basics. It's like driving, you know, oh my gosh, I, I'm driving in Canada, you know, for me. Mm -hmm. Let's say I'm driving, someone in the United States is driving in Canada. Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Really, no, it's not. You just need to know the map of yeah. where you're going. But driving doesn't change. Your car doesn't automatically have a new engine. It's yeah. not automatically some kind of, you know... Um, it's not the TIE fighter and it's not the X-Wing from Star Wars. It's still your car. Amazing, you're, just, you're using the same engine and you're using the same basics of turning left and turning right and steering the wheel and the brake and the gas. You're, yeah. you, it's the same thing. It's just a different map. Yeah. And that's exactly what code and art and music is. It's, you know, once you, once you learn the basics of everything, then you've got it. And I, I really have a problem with people who get down on others for learning the basics uh, or treating them like oh you're just learning the basics like that's some bad really? thing uh some people like yeah in art definitely they're like oh, oh you're God. you're just learning the basics and it's really that's only the been the best thing though. ever actually is the best like the most yeah. satisfying thing ever like learning i think it's really more of a jealousy type of thing especially yeah. in some art circles it's just it gets nasty um i have not experienced that in professional illustration circles let me just mm -hmm. be very clear people who are illustrators i have not witnessed that they yeah. um because as an illustrator it is already assumed that you have the basics of composition down yes. the arts and elements and principles and your style because your style will develop from learning the basics your style will not develop from imitating the style of others. That's in drawing class. They told us uh, um, in college. They said no anime. Don't ever do anime. Don't ever do stylized drawings. We were not allowed to do it. We were, we would be failed. Actually, one class, they told us that they would fail us if they saw it, and uh, and we got terrified. We're like, why? They said because you're drawing style and you're not drawing the basics. You're here to draw the basics and you're here to master the basics. They said if we see you trying to do style, you said your style comes later on. Exactly. And your style will, will develop from understanding the basics. And um, it's all the same thing. Everything in life is the same thing. Yes. It, learn the, the basics, basics and then your style happens. Yeah, and don't, I, don't I hate Yeah, don't skip. And yeah. and I really is some some drawing circles I'm hearing and I have heard and I've seen on some tutorials of if you buy this brush set if you buy this brush set, you're going to be like me and be able to work at, at you know X company. <laughs> Or, you know, if you, times, if you do yeah. this or if you do this magical thing or get this magical file, then this is going to make you a professional whatever. Well, no, it's not. It's, And I, I believe that to be at best disingenuous because yes. it's not emphasizing. I almost 
And sometimes when I see some of these things, I wonder if these people just don't want other people to grow because, and I know that, and I'm not, I'm actually, and I'm, I'm really serious. I'm not thinking of anybody in, in particular. I don't have a specific example. I, this is just years and years of me seeing this from yes. every different side. And this is not, I have nobody in mind when I'm thinking this. It's just, I just question whenever I see someone trying to really overemphasize a certain product saying this is yes. going to solve all of your problems. Yes. I wonder if there's not some kind of subconscious need to put others down or to limit other people because if you're really going to help them you need to teach them the the basics yeah. and say you know the reason i can draw this amazing fantastic uh, landscape is because the elements and principles of design you know and yeah. because i just simply applied texture to this composition and i know this is probably going to get me in trouble and i'm probably going to get people mad at me for saying this but, Go but i'm it. being you know i'm being serious because i i really think that you know, but with anything in life, you know, even with bodybuilding, like weird yeah. stuff that you wouldn't think, you know, it's always the basics first. You always yes. learn proper form and technique. And then you see people like, you know, doing these amazing things with these, um, with their muscles or doing, you know, even athletes, you know, um, we tend to look at everyone and, and try to, to Hollywood idealize them and and say, oh, how do they? How do they get there? They must have some magic formula. No, they just worked harder than other people at the basics exactly. <laughs> and developed exactly. a style that would that people would like. And uh, you know, there's no, there's, are, are those industries are far less magical. Um, and it's also the thing is, if you work hard, you're going to make the right connections. Yes. So you That's know, I, also. that you know that style and connections come from working very hard. You know, it's a like good transition to from your web development side to your comic side to the oh, drawing yeah. <laughs> side. It was a, I, I had trouble. Like, how, how am I gonna trans, like, transition oh, yeah, from just, this to that? You did it for me. <laughs> That's amazing. So, so I'm gonna ask you the next question that is like directly related. So, when did you actually started drawing? Because if you don't know, like he, he, Michael already presented itself, but. He's an amazing, amazing artist. He's an amazing illustrator, and you should check his work online. We're gonna talk about all the uh, website where you can find his work. And but work, designing and drawing is one of your like main part of your life. Like it's like every day you draw something and you illustrate something. So when when that happened, when did you start? The first time, if you can't remember, the first time you took. A pencil or a pen and yeah. say, oh, this is great. <laughs> I didn't say that, but uh, yeah, yeah it was the first awful. time. Yeah, it, it was actually that. Um, oh, yeah. I was for, like for everyone. Like, oh gosh, I was so young. I was in. I was living in Virginia at the time, uh -huh. and I was expressing that I wanted to. I was really inspired by a Disney movie, and I wanted to draw something. Oh. And uh, and I was like, I just want to. I just want to. Do it. I just want to express. I, I didn't say it like this. Cause I, was, I just wanted to express my love for something, uh -huh. and uh, I think it was a Little Mermaid because I was fascinated with underwater life. I, I loved the idea of of these animals that lived underwater, and uh, and my mom said, "Well, why don't you just draw something?" And I said, "I can't draw." She said, "Well, just try it." And so I drew this dolphin, which looked like this banana with like horrible limbs coming out of it and it was just I remember looking at that going this sucks I was like 
I, I pushed it, I threw it down on the table, and I was like, this is horrible. And, and she but said, that's how because, dolphins are, right? Bananas, <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible thing. Um, <laughs> and, and my mom said, well, it's just because you haven't practiced. And she said, the more you practice, the better. And she's an artist. So, yeah, and I, wow. I, of course, was like five, I didn't get this. And so, and she's like, but the yeah. more you practice, the better it's going to get. And she said, are you willing to practice to, to get better at this? And because it's not going to be perfect the first time out. And I really, I thank God for that kind of bit of advice because that's yes. like everything. One of the best uh, advice ever, actually. Yeah. And, uh, and so she, and so she gave me a piece of paper and she said, do it again and just keep doing it and just keep drawing it. And so that's how I started drawing. I would not have started drawing if I, you know, cause I, I just didn't think I could. And, and so I started really focusing on that and she was basically my art coach, I guess. Um, uh, but it wasn't an issue of, oh, honey, this looks so good because I would sometimes give her and, and this was good, though, because she was she was she was teaching me to be serious about art. And I mean, she would be very encouraging. Don't get me wrong. You know, she was not a taskmaster. She she was always incredibly encouraging, but she also knew when to push because I would hand like I drew up drew a picture of a human face. And I was like, hey, look at this. And I was obviously, you know, very high on myself for being a 12 year old. And I was like, yeah, I could draw people. And she's like, yeah, yeah, keep keep going. And I was like, what? It's not it's not good. She's like, you need to learn how the human face works. <laughs> so she's like, you're doing good. She's like, she said, you're doing really good. He said, but this is an area that you can work on. And, uh, and this is an area where you can improve. And it's good to learn how grids work, how the grid of the face works. And where the eyes are and proportions, and I was like, proportions? What's that? You know, just like yeah. it started just kind of, kind of. For what I hear, she had a lot of sensibility on like showing you where to improve and what yeah. you did, kind of like. Yeah, because it, it wasn't. Yeah, and to, and I never felt like anything was was wrong as much as it was yeah. uh, not there yet. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's and, and she never let me, she never just patted me on the head and said, oh, honey, that's good. You know, and that's that's not how it worked in my house. And so, um, you know, but I ended up leaving art when I was, I think, 14, 15. Oh. Um, I just, I was a teenager and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I dropped it. I didn't draw a thing for years, for years Ooh. and years and years. Um, Why? Like, is related to a specific event or just... Happened. Not particularly. I just was trying to. <laughs> I was 16 and trying to find myself. You know, it's just oh, yes. like you know, I don't want to do art. Grunge time. Uh, like, yeah, like, punk rebellion. I, I got really into technology, really into photography. Photography was really the big thing that I did when I was in in uh, high school. I did a lot of uh, state competitions, and uh, I got into a lot of public speaking. Um, you know, doing a lot of doing a lot of different things, community service, that kind of stuff, and uh, just focusing on trying to get into college. I mean, I thought I was going to do something completely different with my life, <laughs> and, uh, and it, it's funny because it all just started coming back to um, it all started coming back to art. It all started coming back to, I mean, not art specifically, but like technology, technology yeah. with an artistic player. I guess I don't know, um, but it, the thing is, I mean, there was no. Paul, well, I mean, there, there were a few experiences, but uh, there was nothing that, I don't know, it was just growing, I think. And I think we're all like that. I think it's, you know, I know some people who, who were born into art and they grow into it and they, you know, are like, this is this is who I am. And, and for yeah. me, it was more like a practical 
this is what you can have if you work for it. You know, yeah. it was never, I was never handed things, uh, you know, in, in terms of, in terms of art, you know, I took a yeah. few art classes in high school, but that was, but that was it. I, I never, my, I didn't regain my interest for it until college. Um, when I realized that it was something that I actually liked doing, uh, mm-hmm. because I, I didn't want to be an, a painter. I didn't want to go in and to painting necessarily yes. to do that. Uh, but I wanted to use, I wanted to use art somehow and design can't kind of came across and said, uh, it kind of came into my life and, and mm-hmm. it was like, wow, I can actually use art to make cool stuff. You know, was it, was <laughs> like, it actually easy for you? Like in uh, your entire growing process, like switching no, from I, uh, an art side and a technical side because like as you know we used completely two different parts of our brain, oh, yeah. like the logical part and the creativity part yeah so i think have you ever whenever... had problems like smashing parts between each other that no, no. <laughs> sometimes i get into modes and 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 modes are are difficult to get out of sometimes like you know if you're getting into a code you know coding like spree, you know, where you're yeah. spending you know, four or five hours in code, and then all of a sudden you look at art and you're like, "What is this?" You know, it's just sometimes you get, sometimes you get into it. But I mean, it's not, you know, I, there's nothing magical. I, the thing is, sometimes people look at your work and they look at you and they are like, "Oh wow, you can do all this art. You can do all." You know, the thing is, you know, when I got into college, I started. Uh, the thing about my my art art school was that it was intense and it was it was it was um, thorough, but it covered everything, and. So really, I I was basically self-taught growing up, but I had to stop that, and I had to go through formal training, uh, which means I had painting, I had drawing, I had sculpture, I had three-dimensional, two-dimensional design. Um, I had to think, I had to think of art in ways that I had not thought of it before, because most of it was just line art and drawing, and that's why yes. people see the line art and they're like, oh wow, look at this line art. And I'm like, no, 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 I've been doing this since I've been doing line art since I was a kid. You know, it would be much more difficult for me to take a sculpture and to try and create that. You know, <laughs> and people don't tell you this stuff. This is the stuff that artists will not tell you, especially online. But we all have strengths in art, and we have weaknesses. Oh, and so Absolutely. there's stuff that I, I mean, line art is really easy for me. But if you're going to sit there and and tell me to paint something, I haven't spent a lot of time on painting. And really, what I, I think uh, my friend AJ Nazaro kind of mentioned this years ago. I was having a conversation with him. He's, he's an amazing artist. He does absolutely amazing work. He said, but he wonders that if what some people call gifts is really more of a willingness, a willingness for us to spend time on a certain subject. And, and he says, you know, we may, and I kind of agree with him. You know, we have a proclivity towards something, but man, it's like a muscle. If you don't grow it, if you don't spend time on it, it's just going to stay that way. Yeah, you know, exactly. um, maybe you may have a natural inclination to do something, but unless you work it, you know, <laughs> unless you yeah. work it, you're not going to get anything out of it. And um, and I think so. When I when I look at people's art now, I can, I'm amazed by it. And just blow, I mean, there, most people's art just blows my mind. A lot of my friends' art just absolutely just blows my mind, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're amazing! I can't believe it. Just you know, I had some of my friends will show me art, and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm closing up. I'm done. Throwing my pen <laughs> out the window. I'm good. I don't want to draw anymore. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it just it just absolutely they just they they astound me. Um, but I also know that that they have. When you get into design and development and art or any kind of industry, stuff kind of it, it can stay magical, but it stops losing its its hyper magic feeling. I don't really know how to describe that. 
yeah. because you now realize that it's attainable, that you can do yes. it if you spend enough time on it. And it's kind of like people who work in Hollywood um, uh, who are part of the movie making process. It's mm-hmm. far grittier and much less magical. You know, it's like journalism. Once you get in there, it is not Lois Lane. You know, <laughs> our journalism is not Lois Lane. It is long hours, staying late, and having to write things over and over again. And, you know, it's like the, we grow up with these magical concepts of what something is. And um, I don't see myself panning by the seashore. I am sitting in, you know, I'm, I've got a, <laughs> the offices are, that I work in is great. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's not this kind of hyper magical thing where someone is coding in you know the uh the forest deep in the forests of vancouver uh or the northwest you know where they're like mad these huge happens hits. here actually people it does yeah, i'm sure yeah. uh, <laughs> I, was, I mean that's my end goal see my end goal yeah. is actually to move to the forest of vancouver deep into the woods and get a hobbit yeah. hole and then like code and get like a really long like epic beard. <laughs> yeah, like the master of coding. Or yes, something. and I will also summon all of the woodland animals to my aid. And yeah, so this is my this is my future right here. This is what's gonna happen. Great. I'm gonna be freaking Snow White, but with a giant. <laughs> epic beard. I have, so like Gandalf Snow. White. I don't know. Now you uh, have to draw this. Now you have to draw this image oh, yeah, of yeah. as a Snow White. Future. I'll come out and I'll, I'll just start talking like Gandalf. No, yeah. uh, but that's that's that that's not my my feature, of course. But you know, it's just you know, it, I think with any industry you go into, you can maintain that like magical love for it, yes. but still understand the practical grunt work <laughs> that goes yeah, into it. For me, like I can totally relate with this. For me, was I remember like it was like eight or nine years ago when I was starting like digital painting. I was trying to experiment with Photoshop and other uh, other softwares. And I yeah. couldn't understand, I was watching like these uh, concept arts from like games and movies and they were magical. Like these images were amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, how they do it? They look real. Yeah. Then yeah. one day I remembered that they had started, like I imported that picture, one of the sketch inside uh, the software and I zoomed in a lot and I saw the brush strokes. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is made of strokes like the same yeah. stroke i i do so yeah. how's that possible so i i and yeah. that moment i understood oh it's not like magic or special powers or something it's yeah. just really really hard work <laughs> it's yeah that. so it was like oh. yeah yeah <laughs> that was for me yeah and i think you know that's why a lot of people you know in a lot of art schools they have you copy the masters because you, you kind of figure out, they're like, basically what you're doing is figuring out how they did it. So, you know, and it's not that the magic is taken away. You know, if you learn to paint the Mona Lisa exactly like Da Vinci, which I don't know anybody who has, but, um, you know, if you learn to do that, if you learn to, to grow on that level, uh, it doesn't make the Mona Lisa less magical. It just, exactly. you just kind of, it actually, it's kind of cooler because you become even more of a nerd of just saying, you're going to become more of a nerd and you're going to walk up into any kind of art gallery and your face is going to be right up on the painting because you're going to be analyzing exactly how they did it. Like uh, there was a at Philbrook here. We have multiple uh, art shows that come through and every time I will get as close as I can to every Monet, every yeah. um, Rembrandt, every kind. <laughs> you know, there's there are several Picassos that are, are permanent. Uh, they're part of the wow. permanent exhibition there. And I mean, first thing, first time I saw it, uh, my face was right up 
as close as I could get, you know, without touching it and getting in trouble. Uh, I was I, because I was analyzing all of the breaststrokes and and, and kind of imagining in my head how he would stand there and uh, render or portray this image by using these. Because basically, just what he. Uh, this is a bit of a crude sum, uh, summation, but he just would take his uh, paintbrush, dunk it into the paint, into the acrylic oh paint, God. and then slather it. Yeah. And you know, but he was good enough that and he had painted long enough that he could do that, yes. and and be that rough with it, and be that that coarse with it, and still produce what he's produced. And uh, you know, I think it's, but it's the same level of mastery as Monet, yeah. who was able to create these absolutely breathtaking and yeah. beautiful uh, art pieces. And, and the same thing with the old uh, masters who like, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to destroy their names. I just can't remember their, their Italian names, but they're from, you know, the, the middle ages who were creating these uh, amazing uh, art pieces. I think it was, De, it was De Fabriano. Ah, um, who, yeah. yeah. And, um, he, the, what he would do, though, and this it's kind of style has gone out of it's gone out of style, of course. Yeah. But you know, he, would, he would add pigment to egg yolks or egg whites. He would add pigment yes. to egg whites, and you have—I mean, you know how fast eggs can dry, yes. and if you, especially if you turn it into a paint. And so they're having to paint like crazy, but they're having yeah. to paint these incredibly intricate, uh, detailed uh, art pieces. And you know, at first you're like, "How do they do that?" But then your brain, your professional brain, part of your brain kicks in, and uh, and says, "Well, they were just must." I mean, think about all of the stuff that they threw out that was not good. You know, how many yeah, times did exactly. they do that before they could get get to the yeah, point where they like that? also the Da Vinci's sketches? Like, how many sketches he draw about hands, or how oh, many yeah. thousands Gosh. of uh, human faces he draw? before yeah. like doing paintings or stuff like he was constantly sketching on everything and experimenting yeah. so what yeah. you're saying basically that is actually the topic of these podcasts is you have to be a nerd you have to totally embrace your nerd in a way side. yeah you have to have a love for it and you have to have exactly. a love that will carry you through the grunt work exactly and and that's really what it comes down to is that you must love it enough to go through what's necessary to get to the point that you want to get to. Yes. And because if you don't love it enough, you won't go through what is necessary to get there. And it's okay. And this is the other thing that our society doesn't teach. It's okay if you don't have that love. Yeah. Because that means you do have a love somewhere else. And and you it's okay if your love, yeah. Yeah, and you can be halfway through going through something. Yes. And then finally realize you hate it to go somewhere else. And that's okay. Because it's <laughs> yeah. better. I mean, honestly, it's better you do that now at any point, wherever, whatever your age is. It's better that you do it now than to be 70 years old and to always regret not having done it. Because you live once. You know? Even the even people who believe in reincarnation, I mean, you're only going to be yeah. this person once, you know? And I think we can all agree on that. And, uh, you know, it's you only have one chance to really to really find something that you love absolutely and uh you know if you don't love it why do it exactly (laughs) just change find someone something else and the internet allows us to be able to change that now you know um you know if you're if you're you're in code and art and you like auto mechanic if you like mechanic work better Mm -hmm. there are things you can find on the internet tutorials and other stuff to help you you know everything even like shirt holding or like yeah 
Sucks if you want to be a irony. Yeah. Of your life, you got it. <laughs> well, talking about the internet, we go into the next question that is a little bit like <laughs> delicate, sure. if we want to say. Delicate. Uh, so you, <laughs> yeah. You you draw a lot, and you have a lot of comics, and you used to publish, and you keep publishing comics online. You do your own comicsology. You have all these amazing arts and works that you're doing, but. You were really into the indie ambient, like the indie environment of comic book publishing online. And now slowly, for as a personal experience, I know that you're like going a little bit like live it there, pulling yourself out from yeah. that community. Can you yeah. tell us why, if you want? Can you like share your I, personal yeah. experience? I think. What I'm really moving away from is the free webcomic model. Yeah. Um, what basically, I had two webcomics that I put out for free, and I was putting in like 20 to 40 hours, uh, 20 to 40 hours a week oh, on it gosh. because I bought into the hype that said if you publish it online, it will become famous at one point. And that's not true because I've seen webcomics that have been published for a long time, never made it into the mainstream, were never made into movies. You know, they may in some point in the future, but I don't have 10 years of my life to, to put into that. Yeah. Um, and this is my personal view. This is not the view of anybody else. This is just my thing. Um, I, I cannot... How do I say this? Um, I have bills. <laughs> I have bills, and it is better for me to work on things that push my career forward including illustration because the thing is I'm an illustrator first I'm not a comic artist first yes. comic art is a subset of illustration that I'm an illustrator you know and and, and professionally I'm, I'm, I have a degree I, I have a degree in fine arts I can say that I'm a professional illustrator um, I have you know I have a plaque and you know I have a plaque that says graduated <laughs> you know I had done graduated I'm um, legit <laughs> I'm legit uh, so you know, I have I, I, I have the professional accolades for illustration. Mm -hmm. And comic art is a subset of that. And so looking and 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 I think you and I have had multiple conversations about this that you know, mm -hmm. uh, we're illustrators first and comic art is something that we've done on the side. And and I think and I was talking to my friend um, Frank Haba and he or Haba, I'm sorry, Frank, <laughs> I messed it up. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, we were talking about how, you know, it's this kind of like faulty idea that if you publish it online, it's going to instantly become famous. And and that's not that's not true. And now what he's doing is he has his comic published with Go Comics and they also publish Garfield and other stuff. So he's actually going the professional route, which is which is great um, in terms of, of getting your, your stuff published. Uh, yeah. And so um but I think a lot of people are not doing that, and that's fine. You can do whatever you want. I'm not going to say that it's wrong. But personally, from my from my experience, I am not willing to put out so much free work because some of it there, there is a point, in my opinion, that it becomes spec work, and yes. and I have a problem with. I of course, if you're a designer, you will hate spec work. And so I started feeling that actually, I really, that's what it came down to was I started feeling that about a year ago that I was creating a ton of spec work. And one of my friends, I'm not going to, he knows who he is and he's an awesome dude. He's another illustrator. He mentioned that, you know, he, in some ways, some web comics can become the dank memes of the internet in which 
people will spend a few seconds on it on people who have worked eight hours on this thing. Yes. Um, they'll spend three seconds looking at it and then move on. And there is no monetary compensation. This is this is to me not a necessarily worthwhile endeavor in terms of if you're trying to make money. If you're doing this as a, as a complete, I do it because I love it. I'm doing it because you know this is something that I always want to do. This is a hobby, and this doesn't take a lot of time. That's 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 fine. I'm not saying web comics are bad, and I'm not saying the current market necessarily is bad. But yeah. if you're going on there to think that eventually your stuff is going to be, um, you know, there is a chance it could be picked up. There is a chance Disney could contact you. It, there is a chance all this could happen. However, in the meantime, you will make nothing. And so I'm moving away from, because what I've done is I've had two web comics and people, you know, has had great traffic. I've had one web comic had like 8,000 people, 9,000 people broke the website oh, wow. in terms of daily um, hits, uh-huh. but that wasn't making money. And yeah. I don't, as a business, I cannot look at that and say at the end of the year that that is successful. Yes. So, because if I'm in this, if I'm in this for legitimate reasons, I need to be in it to have some sort of profit or some sort of, yes. and even if it's a publication deal, and um, and none of that's happening. And so, basically, what I'm doing is I'm I'm writing things for people to look at and then forget. And so, with Space Barista, I which is my current comic, yeah. um, for a time I started up a Patreon and. Um, Kind of went through this. It's going. It's Space Priest is going through a rough patch because really what is happening is I'm trying to get out the rest of the stuff that I have done, the rest of the ideas that I have done, and then I'm moving into uh, print comics and indie stuff that, that people will have to pay for to buy. Yes. And so, um, because I cannot, I, I don't know if I want to wait ten years, um, because the thing is, to me, I what I see as being the proper way of producing your stuff is produce it so that it will make money for you help you pay bills help you sustain yourself because you're i don't i have a problem with just making free stuff all the time and not monetizing it in some form or fashion not selling a book not selling merchandise not selling something to help you recoup that time that you've been given that you've given out and so um there has to be some monetary compensation for that or else you're just basically dumping your pearls into uh, into the wind in yeah, some ways totally no. and um and i just don't believe it's a sustainable i don't believe it's proper business practice to be honest if you're going to yeah. to, to, to if you're if you're wanting to treat it as a, a business then it, it's improper business practice to give all of your product away for free <laughs> it just doesn't work and the other problem is so many people are making web comics now yeah. that you must spend a lot of time to get noticed and yeah. you must have a really good idea about what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I had something happen where I released the first last anomaly, which was one of the comicsology comics I have. And this guy did offered to do a review for it. And what he did was he compared my comics to Marvel comics. Ah. Now that I believe is completely unfair because I am one person. You know, um, it's not going to be perfect, but I'm not a team of 20 people going through the conceptual to the editing phase. And, and we all know how powerful synergy is within teamwork. I mean, it's synergy is a real thing. It's not just a, it's, 
is basically the the vibe and the feel of how a team operates, and that's how good stuff is produced. Mm-hmm. And um, I am one person, so yeah, there's you know I'm gonna miss that synergy between people. I have I have friends who look at stuff, but it's not the same thing as saying yeah, you know having absolutely. having you know team meetings where you're like, what about this? What about this? And then yeah. you know and narrowing a single it. person, you like you you do the pencil, the inking, the coloring, the pagination, and the oh, writing. Yeah. Yeah, everything I'll, from you, like, yeah, that's yeah, and it takes si- a that's lot. really silly comparing like an independent yeah. comic from, and it's really disheartening too because you're like, why, why in the world am I being compared to Marvel Comics that has, you know, it's a multi-billion-dollar industry right now? That's not cool, and uh, you know, he was just like, well, this isn't as good as Marvel Comics, and this isn't as okay. good as, Marvel. and I'm like, well, okay. And so he obviously was just wanting to, and but this is kind of the issue that some people. This is the attitude that some people have, is that well, you know, your indie comics are not as good as Marvel comics, and I'm like, you know what, you need to sit down if, yeah, because this is this is my concern. I'm seeing more and more of this armchair thing, where people are coming in, they don't produce their own work, okay, they don't produce their own work, they don't produce their own stuff, and then they sit there and say, well, you have this, this, and this wrong with you. To me, that is completely invalid, and I think if there, wa- I understand that wanting, I understand wanting certain things from your, uh, from your beloved franchise. But this is where we get into a really dicey area of demanding from the creator things that you subjectively want. You know, yes. um, I've you know sometimes I've had people demand certain things of uh, Space Barista. Yes. And Demanding. you know, yeah, yeah, and um, you know, that's wow. part of what made me sit here and go, I'm not making spec art for these, you know, for people. Yes. And you know, I love Space Barista, I love the idea, I still have so many ideas of stuff I want to do, mm-hmm. but I think I'm gonna honestly, at this point today, okay, August 2nd, 2015, I think I'm gonna reformat it and then try and submit it and get it published, um, as an actual that's comic. Amazing. So, because I it was cute as a one frame thing, but mm-hmm. I'm kind of sitting here as I'm making the book. I'm like, man, I could really just try and submit this to Ani Press or, yeah. you know, someone else. Like one of the one of the indie comic places that might take it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that's kind of the whole point of me doing any of this, you know, exactly. is to no, absolutely get that's published. the main goal of everything. Like, yeah, and that's why it's like, getting published, yeah. getting recognized for your work. Yeah, and that's why it seems like I'm I'm going back and forth because I know my tweets will be like, yeah, it's back. Well, yeah, it was. I mean, Space Priest came back for a short time, you know, to get some of the ideas out and to get the new format out that I wanted. Um, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay, you know. And and I know it's very difficult because some people will be like, well, you don't know what you want to do. Well, I kind of do. I'm just trying to figure out how to get it. It's still exactly. my content. You know, so I mean, oh last anomaly, I'm still just mm-hmm. I'm still working on like issue three because I'm still one person, you know, and yeah, trying to make sure I get the best I get the best stuff out there, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just at, at this point I'm I'm kind of needing to take a break <laughs> because yes. I've been working so I have other personal projects I need to work on mm-hmm. and uh, other illustration I need to work on, and I kind of got overly focused on comics for a while, and that's. You know, you know, as as an illustrator and as someone who does professional stuff, getting overly focused on one one thing is a bad idea. And, and you know, I overwhelmed pretty yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah. and I, you know, I, I walked into this as an illustrator, and I'm going to walk out of this as an illustrator. <laughs> you know, my my career is is more than than one tiny thing, and I'm, I need to I need to kind of back up a little bit and uh, and just kind of I will still work on space briefs, I still work on my personal projects, but yeah. um, it's 
really more just focusing on what I want to make of them. And yes. and I understand some people will not be happy about that. People were not happy about me quitting Space Barista as a free as a free thing, but and that's okay. I mean, they weren't, yeah. you know. Um, I I at the end of the day, every person has to make decisions to you know yeah, what they yeah. think is best, and and that's what I'm doing. And um, and so, but really, what it comes down to, so that's kind of where I am right now. It's not. It's a very nebulous place, um, but it's really me sitting down trying to figure out what is best for the brand that I've created. And the thing is, I have a full-time job. And that's my focus. Oh. That's my that's kind of my priority right now is to make sure you know, I keep doing all that and my career moves forward. And so, I mean, and I think you and I have talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really difficult to work full-time and then to make a brand that it's like as a one person you know as one person it's like you're spending so many plates sometimes things will simply drop and uh and then it's gotten to the point now where people are getting angry sometimes some people are getting angry because i'm not spending as many plates as i should and i'm getting some attitude and i'm just like you know the thing is as a professional i walked into this as a professional and knowing that i was doing web design first and illustration second I walked into this arena and all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, popularity contests and clicks and, and all of this. And I'm sitting here going, oh, no, 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 I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> you know, this is not, oh, yes, exactly. you know, yeah. and it's not indicative of everyone, you know, so if you're listening to this mm-hmm. and you're one of my friends, no, don't, uh, <laughs> shut up. This is not about you. Um, <laughs> you're awesome. Probably. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. Uh, if they're my friend, then they're not a part of that, you know, because uh-huh. I've become much more selective of who I yeah. am and I'm not interacting with you know on a professional level mm-hmm. uh, because to me it comes down to being professional so yes um exactly. i have and those people that i tend to really connect with and interact with are not people who are who tend to do the clickish thing because i just i really just don't have time for that professionally yes. or personally and and i know that and i try to always be around people who don't have who have that same mentality who you know we don't have time for this we don't have time to you know um and, and that's why i've I've been tweeting a little bit lately on political stuff and like personal rants and stuff. Um, that's really not something it used to be, you know, back in 2008, Twitter was really for just speaking your mind. Um, it is not a safe place for that anymore. And I recently interviewed, uh, someone named Jennifer, um, Ely, who is a professional illustrator. She does a lot of, uh, big client work, uh, for people. And I can't really say who, but she's, she's, worked on box trolls and some other some other oh, movie wow. things and and she said you know we were discussing that you know internet is not a safe place for you to voice your opinion it is it is now the place of in some ways it, it can be the place of bullies and has cost people their entire career for you know it's not saying what they said was good but if someone makes an off-color comment you could have the internet coming after you and doxing you and and getting your address out there and you know that kind of thing and i and i did have i have had one person uh, threatened me physically um, oh. over unfollowing their wife. Uh, we, I, I had an incident happen where I unfollowed someone, and then uh, they shared on their public Facebook and on their Twitter uh, their husband saying that they were going to come after me. So it's um, full of crazy people, man. And yes. so I, I am really what I'm doing now is reducing my presence uh, in terms yeah. of what I share online i have a private twitter account now that i I tweet all my personal stuff from um that only i mean 
very few people are on. And, uh, and you know, Twitter is not – social media is no longer safe. This is now yeah. just PR. <laughs> you know, all social yes, media is exactly. PR. And it is not somewhere – I mean, you can have – like, I know that my um, – I know several people that I am friends with professionally and the people that I interact with professionally only have like maybe 10 or 12 people on Facebook uh, because those are the only people that they're willing to interact with <laughs> on a day-to-day level yes. with, you know, saying their mind. And that's actually yes, very absolutely. healthy. Mm-hmm. I think it's very healthy if you're not trying to <clears throat> um, advertise or interact with other people. And, you know, because what I do in art, I, I interact with people often, but I... Mm-hmm honestly sometimes see opinions and i just go oh my gosh <laughs> you know and just yeah. it's uh twitter is for promoting your work it is not for saying anything that you think could be remotely controversial because you could lose so much for it so um because mm-hmm. if someone thinks that your stuff is off color then because i began becoming paranoid um yeah. with uh, space barista and with others you know uh, thinking that it was too like i don't know insert political name here and uh seriously yeah, yeah, and it just—I don't know. It just moving into the realm of comic art became very unusual for me. <laughs> it became a very unusual yeah. experience, and uh, I, again, at the end of the day, you have to go back to the basics. And I am a professional illustrator first, and I do not need to interact with toxic people. Yeah, yeah um, right. and that's—and I recommend if you're out there and you're dealing with a group of people that is toxic, think of your career. Because they're not worth it. <laughs> I promise yes, you. This is for you. This is for you that is listening, yeah, yeah, yeah. that has been dealing with toxic people and thinking that somehow the benefits will outweigh the bad stuff. It will never happen like that. Um, people who are jerks online will be jerks to you in real life. They will oh, not yes. help you. Or will probably not pro- people that are jerks online probably in real life are afraid of everything because having probably. this powerful communication yeah. technology that you can rant about everything and not having consequences because you're not already there. You're sitting in your small room, you don't produce anything, you don't share anything, but you just criticize everyone. And it's and I've had, yeah. <laughs> and I've had several people who criticized my work online and said really nasty things. And, and, uh, and I, I was talking to someone yesterday actually about this and they said, well, the, of course they're going to say that there's no, re- there are no repercussions. You're not yeah. going to walk up to them and say, I want to confront you about this. You know, they said yes. it's very safe behind the computer. Exactly. And they said, of course they're going to say some nasty things like that. They would probably never say that in real life. Yeah. And, and I just kind of, I should have known this, but I just kind of stepped back and, and was like, yeah, man, that's true. That's true. And so, you know, I think we need to take everything online with a grain of salt and, uh, and just realize we're all uh, people. (laughs) Critics are always good. Like everything you do, you need someone that criticizes your work because it pushes you to improve yourself. But there are critics and critics. There are just critics made to help you and critics just made to offend you Mm -hmm. because I don't know why. I don't know the meaning of that. So uh, to like... It's like, it's called, I think there's there's something called the circle of trust, which is uh, there are people that you trust professionally to critique your work because you understand that they are rooting for you. You know, they're, exactly. they're here to support you and they're here to help you move, you know, move forward and to grow. And, uh, and it's a mutual thing. And so, yes. um, you know, I think outside of the, cause the thing is I will allow, and you know what, you can fire people from your circle of trust. Yes. Um, that's okay. Uh, it's, it's okay to, 
things. If someone becomes overly critical of your stuff and I've had this happen, uh, you can fire them and you can just not share inf information with them. Um, it, that's okay because it's yours. It's your circle of trust and it's what, you, and in a lot of ways I've actually locked down a lot of my work and, and yes. kind of went back towards the other professionals that I know they do illustration and design on a professional level. Um, because it, in a lot of ways, sometimes it just, things just don't work out. You know, sometimes people are good for a few critiques and then they, they go a little crazy <laughs> and you have to kind of back away. And, <laughs> yes, that happens. And, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, but always, always find the people that, you know, that you know professionally you can trust their opinion mm -hmm. and they have to have good work for you to trust their opinion because if they have bad work, they're going to give you bad advice. And so, um, you know, you just have to, it's very subjective when you're getting into that, but always try to find people that you know are going to support you um, long-term and have good work <laughs> and, uh, and are nice because they can give you the most scathing reviews of your work and say, this is utter junk. You're never going to do well with this specific thing. And you know, they're not telling you you're a bad anything. You're not a bad designer. You're not a bad illustrator. This certain work just sucks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. So how? Uh, what can I do with this information? Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. not helpful for me. Okay, it sucks. Yeah. And and what? Why it sucks? <laughs> just yeah, exactly. Explain. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And also one important thing that we should remember: every time we receive a critic, that like normal, important, harsh, whatever it is, we always have to answer in a positive, normal, calm way. Yes. Because it's the best thing to put them outside of their like comfort zone. If mm -hmm. sometimes they they put they who are they I don't know like these users put these yeah. comments just to have a, a response like a, a, a oh, yeah. angry re response something that they want to upset you. So if you oh, answer yeah. with oh thank you for your comment like I kind of disagree mm -hmm. but I will try to apply your suggestion all this stuff. That's the, that's it. It's done. That they, yeah. you won't have any reply anymore. But if yeah. you feel upset and you feel like frustrated, and you say, "Hey, you piece of shit!" Like, no, yeah. you have to do this. It's yeah. just the worst because they want that. So I had, yeah, and, and and I think always responding positively is the. I mean, you're completely right. Um, because some people will go out there and they will try to minimize you. They will try to make themselves feel better. They will try exactly. to. You know, you just never, you always respond professionally to those people mm -hmm. because even if they're out to get you and they're out for blood, don't give them the blood they want. Don't yes. give, they're like, they're bullies. Don't give them Let what them they starve. You know, and if they try to claim the victim thing of saying, you're the bully, you're this, you're that. But if they're the ones telling you this online and trying to, to call you names and call you out and make you angry, Yeah. You're not the bully, you know. It, and I, you know, I've had it. I've had it happen a few times where people have tried to go after me about something I've said or, or, or whatever. And um, you know, I, I've always just responded positively by saying, "Well, why would you think that? That that's not what I said." And just being clear, you can be clear and confront someone in a way that is not angry. Yeah. And exactly. you know, um, and that's really the best way to do it because the thing is, the less emotion you show. Uh, the more they lose because they're the only ones angry. Because if you walk up to someone and someone's very calm, the other one's screaming at them, you're always going to take the place. You're always going to take the, the side of the person who's calm, you know, because you're, you're you you kind of link with them and, and or you look at them and say, okay, why, why is this person so angry at them? Exactly. And, and, and 
That's really, it's always the best way to defuse a situation. One of the best advice to like survive on the internet. <laughs> yes, yes. Never How if you be think... a survivor. Yeah. So yeah, the what's your idea? <laughs> What's your idea like of this magical place called the web? What, how, how do you feel like it's gonna evolve? Because now we are in this kind of situation where a thousand more resources, like free resources online, pretty much you can do what you can learn whatever you want and you have thousands of social networks or like places to uh, meet people and create communities, create even like work projects or like business truly or inside uh, on the internet, yeah. like without having a physical contact. How do you feel like this house of cards is gonna like yeah. maintain its status, is gonna collapse or what do you feel about like, I don't know, in 10 years? And also I want to connect other question, like in 10 years yeah. with all this situation, how do you, <laughs> do you see yourself doing? What do you see yourself doing? Oh, oh gosh, I, I looked uh, at that question when you sent it and I was like, oh God, I don't know, I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, 10 years, I don't know. Um, uh, well, I think my answer last year would have been completely different from my answer this year um, because we've seen so much stuff happen. Um, I think we're seeing the internet, I think we're seeing social media. Let me, let me say this. I think we're seeing social media in its adolescence um, or its infancy, depending, because adolescents can act like infants many times. Um, yes. <laughs> I, we're seeing this bizarre social justice stuff happen. We are seeing people being bullied and their uh, their careers being destroyed because of something they tweet, um, because of something that they're doing that other people have been doing for a long time. Um, we are, and I'm not going to be specific because I'm not entering into this this thing. But yes, we're seeing absolutely. a lot of we're seeing a lot of selective social justice, and I think this is a very bad thing. But I also think this is indicative of the internet growing up because I'm seeing comments now. Uh, via you know uh, tweets that were being recognized and, and promoted a year ago are no longer being recognized. Um, various forms of hate speech that was recognized a year ago is no longer being recognized. Um, we're seeing if that you know we're not seeing as much of a jump towards internet social justice as we were last year or the year before. Um, we're seeing people sit there and say, you know, we ruined somebody's life by doing this. Or worse, they're finding the wrong person who did something and they're destroying their lives. And that has happened multiple times. When we had the Boston bombings, Reddit decided that they found the right person and they doxed them. Well, guess what? It turns out it was not the right person. In fact, it wasn't even someone who had, who had any kind of, kind of remote ties to anything happening at Boston, period. They were just an innocent bystander, from what I understand. And uh, there's multiple people, though. It wasn't just one person. It was multiple people. Reddit decided that they were going to find that person. And um, they got the wrong person. And they, to, that, to, to this day, I mean, I was on Reddit when it happened. And I was like, oh, man, I, did they find him? Did they find him? You know, and but even Reddit today will look at that and go, you know, we were so wrong. And it's not like Reddit. I mean, Reddit's not a, I don't think it's a monster. Um, yeah, but yeah. the people on there say, you know, whenever that comes up again, they're not doing it. You know, whenever they say, well, look at this, this could be the person. And everyone says, no, remember Boston yeah. bombings. We're not doing this again. It is not our job. We are not the social, you know, they learned. They, they yeah. you know, we, we learned because we were all on Reddit at the time. You know, yeah. we learned, oh, we just, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're just, we're just going to let it, you know, 
uh, one of the recent things happened. Um, the Cecil the Lion thing. Um, oh yes. Yeah. We were not, Reddit was not. They were not the people. I, I was not on Reddit. I'm not on really on Reddit. Uh-huh. I'm not on Reddit anymore. Um, but I would check in. I wanted to see what their reaction was when the Cecil Lion thing happened. They were not doxing the guy. It was not. It was not Reddit that was doxing. It was people on Twitter. Like Mia Farrow uh, tweeted out his personal address. Yeah. You know, it's 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 becoming less of a mainstream thing to get onto the social justice bandwagon, and it's becoming more of a fringe thing. And and I think we're going to eventually. And the reason I'm saying this is because we're going to see probably a maturing of social media down the road. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to see if something bad happens, people will have individual comments on it, but they won't jump on this bandwagon of trying to dox somebody and trying to find them out. Because, I mean, when I see stuff on Reddit and I see stuff on other internet sites, they've already all learned from that. Yeah. They're not going to do it again, you know. Um, and it wasn't all of Reddit. You know, it was certain people on Reddit who decided that they were going to be these armchair warriors and dox mm-hmm. somebody. You know, um, it wasn't the majority of the users on Reddit. And it's it's like this majority of the users on Twitter. You can't say all of Twitter is a certain way. So anyway, I think think we're going to see less of less social justice um, in that way. I think we'll see more proper justice in some ways, like more petitions, more White House petitions to get something changed, Um, more, um, you know, more movement towards actual actual political stuff that will change things and change laws instead of do you do you do you feel that like social media is growing or anyway like people on the internet are growing in a more conscious and more calm way of analyzing things even how do you think like new generations because i have like cousins and like friends of like children of friends that they have like 12 uh 12 years old and they start like posting they have twitter facebook google plus they have everything they're on reddit too yeah so i you feel that this consciousness is affecting in a positive way also the new generations or it depends on the go back again yeah i I don't know, I'm gonna have to be really careful how I say this. I, it depends on the parents of the people. It depends on the parents of the children. Um, if children grow up and they think that they can post full nude body pictures of themselves with their faces on it, they're in for a world of hurt. Because the here's the thing: everyone can use the internet at 12, but everyone stratifies by the time they're 20. That's just how our society currently, with the systems in place, that's how it works. So if you're a 12 year old and everyone else is doing something stupid and you do it too, like posting full nudes of, you know, like if you're 18 years old and everyone's like, oh, we're all put, we're all uh, sexting each other. Right. And everyone is 18 years old. Right. They're all in 18, 19, 20, 21, 25, 30, you know, because this is all happening to 30 year and 40 year olds now, too. They're all trying to sext each other. The problem is once you get a picture of yourself on the Internet, it does not go away. And. People are losing their careers. It was like that coach who was trying to sex his girlfriend, quote unquote, we don't know, and ended up sending a picture to his volleyball team, right, of high school girls. And the thing is, it's just people are just, I, I, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out if these people are just functionally dumb or if, like, <laughs> if this was like relegated to a specific segment of the society 
uh, like because dumb knows no boundaries, right? So yeah, exactly. Like as soon as you start sending pictures of yourself, man, you better be fully clothed. You better be because here's the thing. This is not, you know, I, I don't get people who are like, well, you're infringing upon my rights to sex. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. But all I'm saying is the world is a bad place and it, it can be a bad place and it's full of nasty people. This has not changed historically. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it, what you're doing is there's always, a, there's, there will always be an opportunity. You have to stop living in Disneyland because there will always be an opportunity for someone to take what you say out of context. And there will always be an opportunity for someone to date. Uh, you know, photos you take in or, you know, um, photos you take in or things you've done and they could take that and they could, they could use it for bad purposes. Even if it's the most innocuous, they could take pictures of kitty cats and put like six, six, six all over it. You know, I mean, that's just <clears throat> the ability of humans to do bad things has not changed and will not change oh, yeah. anytime soon. It's infinite. So it's not an issue of, of demanding the world change for you. It's you growing up and realizing that the world may not change for you and you need to be wise in about how you approach it. And, and, and so I'm, the thing is, I had we we both had the internet when we were twelve, right? Yeah. It was back in AOL days, and we didn't have necessarily social media, uh -huh. um, but we were wise enough to know there were certain things you just didn't do on the internet, right? Yeah. And I I, I can't tell if this generation, people in this generation, the stuff that I'm seeing, the stupid stuff that I'm seeing, I can't tell if this is the fringe or if this is endemic, yes. because I I, I tend to think that it really it's all going to stratify itself out again. And the people that are doing this really bad stuff, like throwing puppies into rivers and stuff, and then filming it, like those are the people that are going to end up in jail. Those are the people yeah. going to end up killing people. And the people who are not doing that are the people who are going to end up running the country. So, because, you know, if you just, because the thing is, people will use anything you do against you if you run against yeah, for the exactly. country. Anyway, in you know, years, if you run for presidency and you have a yeah. video of yourself at twelve, yeah. like killing a dog, they're gonna have yeah. that video and they're gonna publish it. And video they're, oh, they're gonna publish it. And they're gonna call you a sociopath because you killed exactly. puppies when you were twelve years old. You know, and, and they're gonna with, like Mitt Romney, right? That he yeah. strapped his dog on the top of his car. Yeah, and it was a stupid thing to do. But yeah, they made him out to be a psychopath killer, you know. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and it's and it happens on both aisles, and it doesn't matter where yeah. you're going to run; the other side is going to take it. Yeah, and, no, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and so, um, you know, it's it, it's just wising up, I think, and and understanding that social media can kill you as well as help you. And it's gotten to the point lately where I just there are certain things I just don't talk about. I yeah, don't, exactly. you know, you don't ever use social media to tell people where you are. You don't ever use social media, not on Twitter. You don't use Twitter. To, it's like Foursquare. You just don't use Foursquare, man. Just don't use it. Like, oh, yeah. Geolocation. It's geolocation. For me, because for me, if people know, I mean, well, I'm not going to say don't use Foursquare. Let me take that back because I don't want anybody coming at me and saying, he said, don't use it. The CEO uh, of Foursquare is listening to you. The problem is... Oh, if you do, okay, let me let me say this. If you're going to use geolocation anything, lock down your account and don't tell people where you live. And don't be like, I'm checking in at home. Oh, I'm going to be gone through for three hours because they've had a rash of people doing that where they have your full name on there. Like if you have your full name on there and you have your home address, people are going to know when you're gone. And so you can yeah, use, exactly. you can use Foursquare and it's, it's and I have, I have used Foursquare for years. I, I don't use it anymore, but I did use it for years under a specific name 
you know, yeah. under a name that only my friends would know. And then never checking in at home, never checking in close to where I live, you know, and sometimes even checking into places like an hour after I've been there, you know. So there are ways that you can you can completely use and enjoy geolocation features, yeah. either on Facebook or on your phone. But but it's these people who are going, my name is so-and-so, this is where I live, and this is how long I'm going to be gone. Yeah. It's like... It's like, this is the security system I have, and here's the number how to get it, you know? <laughs> you leave the key. It's just, the... Yeah, and so it's good that, you know, just generally turn off geolocation unless you're willing to yeah. use it in a certain way. And and uh, it's just, people say geolocation is bad, but it's really not. Um, no, because it's really helpful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we can use geolocation for our Starbucks app. You know, to, yeah. to pull up our card on our phone when we're close to one, you know, or close to one of our star locations. And so mm -hmm. it's it's really, it can be used for a lot of good. It's just, you have to be wise in how you use it. So I think what's going to happen is people are going to start wisening up. I think we're going to have enough internet horror stories across the board for people yeah. to start using the internet with more discernment, mm -hmm. I think, than they have been. Um, we're going to see less horror stories. We're going to see more prosecution um, for legitimate cyber crimes, um, yeah. because we are seeing it now, but not a lot. And we're going to see this kind of weird, you're using the wrong word. So we're going to sue you type of thing where that's going to go away. Oh. That's going to turn into the McDonald's lawsuits. I think, um, <clears throat> I think we're going to have more standardized classes in, in teaching of, um, how to use the internet for young people. I think it's going to be eventually is going to be incorporated into school, into the school yeah, system. That would be great. Yeah. I think eventually it's just going to happen. Um, yeah. It's just the kind of where our society is going. The thing is, technology has grown so quickly that a lot of people just cannot adapt to it and are having trouble adapting to it. Um, but you and I have already grow up, grown up on the internet. It was slow, but it was still there. And so we have a whole new generation of kids. But re honestly, it just comes down to. It's actually the same issue of like what we called quote unquote, um, which they weren't, but we there was a term called latchkey kids, where they were not they were just put in front of a television. The the, oh, yes. the stereotype was being put in front of a television, and being having access to anything that was on TV, um, as a kid, yes. versus the kids who were made to go outside and play and to use their imagination and to, I think we're probably may have something similar in these two generations that are coming up versus the kids who are just given an iPad. And I've talked with several parents that, you know, it's these kids who are given an iPad to make them shut up versus the kids who were told to engage the world. You know, yes. um, it's the same thing. It's just a little more extreme on both ends. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think we're going to have like it. I don't think we're going to have like the time machine HG Wells of, you know, um, the people who are super intelligent versus the underground monsters, yeah. you know, like or like the super intelligent versus underground monsters, stratified versus like the natives, you know, of whoever was that. I don't, I don't Hopefully. think we're going. To have, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think there's going to be more of a more of a difference between mm -hmm. the clouded civilization that you go to and then it's, and then a country that does not have that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's going to be, you know, I think your phone is going to be more of a, you know, how many of us actually use our phones now? for actual phone purposes, you know, uh, versus social media. It's really rare. Yeah. yeah. It, a phone's becoming more of a personal attachment device. It's becoming more yeah, of exactly. a, a, a somewhat an avatar in the classic sense of, of your representation of who you are across, 
across the board. And and I think phones are gonna phones are totally going that direction. I think they're they're gonna continue that way. I don't see it changing. Um, but so I think in ten years the internet's gonna be more mature. I think than it is right now. We mm-hmm. will not be running to everybody's defense. You know, if somebody kills an endangered lion, I think there will be less witch hunting and more. Yes. Um, more laws passed. Serious, I, yeah, I serious think there will be serious and, uh, political activism. I think, yeah, um, in good. trying to get certain laws passed and saying, if you're an American, you cannot go across the sea because that's not that's not what's happening right now. They're trying to kill the dentist. They're not trying to pass laws yeah, exactly. that say you cannot go out and game hunt as an American citizen. You know, <laughs> like yeah. that would be the, the quickest way. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the smartest way. Outlawing actually, like... any kind of contraband. Outlawing any sale of you know you cannot import uh um endangered animals in any form or fashion you know because if that man because if 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 it's true and he brought back the lion head which i don't know Mm -hmm. and um but if he brought back any part of the lion or anybody who goes out there game hunts and then comes back and brings back parts really the best you know i think 10 years from now people are going to be saying let's pass laws to inhibit anybody so if you go out and you game hunt as a you know as a dentist or a doctor or something you can't bring back any of that you know or or saying it's illegal to post pictures of you with an illegal game kill or something you know just it's going to be more law it's going to be more more legislation and more Mm -hmm. um making sure laws are passed than individual witch hunting my this is my optimistic because I'm a futurist, and so I tend to think the future is going to be way better than it is now, <laughs> than our current situation. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that's our that's my futurist view of. Yeah. of what about yourself? You uh, smartly avoided <laughs> talking about yourself. But in ten years, hopefully, I'll like have some published quick. work, like published oh, comic sure. work, or not yeah. comic work, something. I'll have something published. Mm-hmm. To, I will be working in development in whatever it becomes in 10 years, probably, I, I think. Um, awesome. Hopefully, I'll be doing better, you know, better things, working with better technology than we have now. Um, yeah. I'm, we'll be hopefully building systems as well yeah. as working with them. Um, you know, building new systems. You know, hopefully, yeah. uh, you and I can build some. We were talking about this, you know, yeah. um, have some fun comic or art-related stuff, some kind of fusing of... Yeah. Oh, art and uh, and tech, and um, I, I think you know I I don't know if web I think web development is going to be around for a while. I think it's going to turn into something different down the road because we're really seeing more of a, a we're seeing the design aspect beginning to take over the development in some ways yes. because development now had development did not have to recognize art you know for a long time yes, they didn't exactly. have to recognize design for a very long time and now they do. And now design is legitimizing uh, technology in some ways yeah. uh, to the point where people are in the cult of, of certain you know major companies and the stuff they put out because their branding is so strong. And we're now seeing brand begin to dominate uh, technology. Yes. So I think I'll be doing kind of what I'm doing now, hopefully on a much more advanced level, um, <laughs> you know, working with, with technology and branding and art and design on, on some in some form or fashion, which is... And kind of what I'm doing now, but hopefully I'll be much more uh, advanced and cool and have a hover car and, you know, <laughs> hover, hover car, or, uh, hoverboard, hoverboard. Yes. Cooler. Hoverboard. They, are, they did make that. So, yeah. Yeah. They're going to um, really like Lexus is releasing a hoverboard in a month. Yeah. Like a commercial simple yeah. hoverboard. 
Oh. Yeah, and hopefully in ten years we'll have like alien contacts or something, you know, like oh, yeah. contacts an alien civilization, and yeah, you know, maybe I'll make a comic about that when it comes out. I don't know. <laughs> but, Are you uh, gonna open your new office on Mars? I don't know. Yeah, there you go. I'll open my new office. Yeah. I actually con seriously considered uh, signing up to be one of the Martian colonists. Really? Uh, but and... then I was like, I'm gonna die on Mars. Like, <laughs> For sure. Something. Like I would happen. prefer like going like maybe maybe in the future my descendants will like travel to mars when it's fully terraformed yeah. and it'll just be kind of a you know kind of a cool like all of mars will look like vancouver you know <laughs> like all <laughs> wet forested and beautiful oh, and amazing yeah whole hipsters with like drinking beer yeah. yeah there that's you go, vancouver. There you go. <laughs> that's vancouver yeah and um yoga at 6 a.m yeah. at the park yeah, I think I, I just will tell my my descendants, you know, well, don't don't go to Mars until it's completely covered in green, and yes. water, and and, and there's an atmosphere, <laughs> has atmosphere and magnetic field, and you know, yeah, um, or go somewhere that is completely terraformed and not in a dome structure that could be destroyed by a meteor, you know, or an exactly. asteroid. So <laughs> make sure the plan. So even if we develop warp travel and can go to another yeah solar system or something. Well, we are almost at the end of this amazing podcast. It was like marvelous talking to you. You're a, like a really amazing person and interesting. It's, it's always compelling talking to you as I, I will oh, listen to you. you for like four hours. Aw, uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Aw, the compliments at the end are always the best. I want to conclude this with a bunch of like rapid questions. First, sure. describe yourself in three words. I have no idea. Like, I, I, I thought about that for like weeks and I have nothing. I, like, dude who draws, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> dude who draws. That's perfect. That's amazing. Like, okay, be, I'm going to use this as oh. a title of the podcast. <laughs> Michael Dumble, dude who draws. Dude who draws. Yeah, that's my Instagram uh, profile. Like, I, I'm a dude who draws and likes coffee. <laughs> <That's, laughs> so. Yeah. The other one is if you can recommend an artist, a song, a book, or whatever like form of art, famous or non-famous, yeah. to someone. Um, you yes, my famous uh, one of my fa favorite artists is Hiroshige, um, and he did the Wave of Kanagawa, which is, he did a lot of woodblock prints. Um, artist, that artist is amazing. He knows exactly what he's doing with uh, balancing uh, form and function and composition and uh, a lot of detailed art and a lot of blank space. So if you want to do well in art, I mean, if you if he knows what he's doing and he carved it into wood, so he, he's I mean that's mastery. Um, artist uh, artist I've been listening to lately is my friend Tim got me on this. Um, it's Lights, L I G H T S. That's her name. Uh, that's her artist name. Uh, she is from Canada. Uh, she is amazing. I'm listening to her music repeat. Um, very. It just gets you so emotionally wrapped up into it. It's really wonderful. Um, and so that's probably my the one that I'm listening to right now, most of all. Uh, let's see. Um, a song? Um, just randomly <laughs> the animation, I guess. I don't know. Um, I can't really recommend any of that. Um, uh, well, there's one thing that I've been listening to. I've been listening to Lights lately, and the one song I keep repeating is... Um, Oh gosh, I have to look at it. Uh, what's I'm gonna keep repeating is um, oh shoot, where did it go? Hang on. Um, go for it. No, I had it. I actually have it right here. Yeah. Um, where'd you go? Lights. 
Okay. Um, and you can find her stuff on Spotify and on uh, – I'm totally plugging her uh, – Spotify and radio. Um, <laughs> from great. All Sides, I think. Uh, uh-huh. From All Sides is her current – like I've just been listening to it over and over again. <laughs> I don't know why. Amazing. It's just really nice. Um, but it, basically anything from Lights right now is my, my jam. And uh, it's really good. It's like it, – it's not exactly – I don't know. When she starts talking about science and music, I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally there. So, um, yeah, it was, there was like a lyric that says, um, arms like orbits. Like, they have arms like orbits. And I'm like, oh my gosh, planets. You know? So just, <laughs> that is astronomy. Totally, totally, yes. Yeah. yeah. Astronomy. So, um, yeah. And there's another one awesome. called Meteorites. And like, she, like, a lot of her older stuff has like really scientific like stuff in it and it's just uh i don't know i geek out at that i'm i'm totally i will be sure to check her out <laughs> also the really jurassic world soundtrack <laughs> oh, i'm listening really? to the jurassic soundtrack a lot yeah just dinosaurs i will watch anything with dinosaurs just in dinosaurs. it just dinosaurs like, so you know. where can we find you now like you talked about a lot of your uh, publications and books and comics illustration so tell us where can we find these amazing things uh, I have my site which is michaeljamesdambold.com um, mm-hmm. but also I'm on Twitter which is michaeldambold twitter.com forward slash michaeldambold um, I try to keep everything kind of simple my name is hard it, it's it's weird I have a lot, weird last name so um, so I just try to keep all my social media connected to it uh-huh. so it's michaeldambold in my C-H- a E L D is in David, A M is in man, B is in boy, O L D is in David. Uh, Michael Dambold um, for Twitter, that's my handle. Uh-huh. Um, my I have a Facebook page that I don't use, uh, which I yeah. often, which I would just ignore. Um, but Space Barista is connected to a site that I have called Cambria Comics, and it's uh, like the Cambrian Age, C A M B R I A comics and uh i have that's really my hub for everything i'm doing for uh comic and art stuff so uh my comicsology links are there uh you can find space barista from that site um basically all that i'm doing comics wise is is located there including my podcast and my um which you need to come on by the way um absolutely including my podcast and blog are on that site too so basically all my fun the stuff that i do on the side is is on that site Mm -hmm. and so but my professional work which i'm actually in the the middle of updating right now um is on michaeljamesdambold.com so so that's really kind of where you can find me and i'm always on twitter saying weird stuff so (laughs) you know like right that's the best part of twitter (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's totally the best and uh yeah, retweeting your uh, tutorials every chance I get. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Bye. thank you. Thank you so much for your time. It, it's been like one hour and 15 minutes. I don't I think know. you're going to cut anything about it because it's awesome. all so interesting and it's perfect. And I think users are going to love it. A lot of insights, oh, a lot of good advices. And thank you so much for your time. It was It was great. You've been so much fun. It's great. Okay. Well, talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.